Today, we are wrapping up a three-part series about peace. The peace that comes from Jesus. The peace that uh, God sent into the world through Jesus. And uh, the thing is, everybody's looking for peace. Everybody wants peace. And yet, I read one place not long ago that peace is that glorious moment when everybody has paused to reload. That seems to be about the way that peace is today. It's any peace that we have is momentary, but people are looking for it. They want it. And I don't know if y'all have heard of the Winchester Mansion in San Jose, California. I've never been there, but I'm very curious. It sounds like it's a very strange structure. It was built by Sarah Winchester, the widow of the gun company owner. And for 38 years, from 1884 until her death in 1922, this house was under constant construction. Teams of carpenters, masons, and other workers worked around the clock. And there are various stories told about the reason for this going on. Most center on Ms. Winchester's belief that she either was haunted or would be haunted by the ghosts of those uh, killed by her husband's weapons unless she kept building her house. Others claimed that she thought she wouldn't die as long as the building continued. But whatever the reason, she continued ordering more renovations and construction as long as she was alive. There are more than 10,000 windows in this structure, doorways and stairs that lead to blank walls, and some 160 rooms altogether. It's estimated that she spent more than $70 million in today's money on largely pointless to us construction. And it was all in a desperate search for peace that was ultimately doomed to fail. Many people today are seeking peace through means that were just and are just as futile as her search for peace. They turn to pleasure, they turn to drugs, alcohol, immorality, wealth, and other dead-end avenues. And like the staircases that lead to nowhere in her house, pursuing such paths will never bring peace. Instead, we find peace, as we've been talking for the last two weeks, when we follow the path that God has given us in his word. He has given us directions to his house. He's given us directions into his kingdom. And, there, and it's only by following his directions that we will get there. Now, some people, even though they're earnest in trying to follow the Lord, they still uh, try different wrong measures to try to find peace, even with God. There's a young man who was eager to grow in his Christian life, and he got a piece of paper, and he made a list of all the things 
that he was going to do for God. He wrote down the things that he was going to give up. He wrote down the places that he was going to go to minister and the areas of ministry that he would enter. And he was excited and he took that list to the church and he put it on the altar and he offered it all up to God. He thought he'd feel joy, but instead he felt empty. So he went home and started adding to his list. He wrote down more things that he would do and that he would not do. He took the longer list and he put it on the altar, but still no peace and no joy. He went to a wise old pastor and he told him the situation and he asked for help. The pastor said, take a blank piece of paper, sign your name on the bottom, put that on the altar. The young man did, and then peace came into his heart. You see, he experienced the difference in submission and surrender, didn't he? That's what we talked about the last couple of weeks also, is that we're never going to know his peace until we surrender to him. Not just decide what we're going to do for him, but give ourselves totally to him. Give him the keys and the steering wheel of your life. We've talked about this peace that comes from God through Jesus Christ, giving us peace with God and then giving us peace within. We talked about this this past week. And today we're going to talk about peace with others. Having peace with God and peace within is going to just automatically open doorways for us to be at peace with others. Peace within does away with all the insecurities that cause us not to be loving. We don't have to uh, try to assert our significance in life. We don't have to try to prove anything to anybody because we know that we're loved for being us. That it's not about tweaking here and, 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 and there. It's about accepting the fact that God made you and he loves who he made. And he thinks that you're neat the way you are, the real you, not who you wish you could become, but the real you. That real you that deep down inside you long to be and that God created you to be. You're not going to feel the need to make someone else look bad in order to look good yourself. Because you see, along with his peace comes his nature. And his nature is love. Because all this comes when his Holy Spirit enters into our lives. Lucy, in one of the Peanuts cartoons, tells Charlie Brown, I hate everything. I hate everybody. I hate the whole wide world. And Charlie says, but I thought you had inner peace. And Lucy replied, I do have inner peace 
but I still have outer obnoxiousness. And you know, that's where a lot of Christians, I think, find themselves today. They've almost gotten there. They've gotten through a lot of it, but still, there's a lot of outer obnoxiousness that the Lord is calling us to work on. The Apostle John lived to be into his 90s at least. And in this passage that we read today, we see the theme of his ministry. Uh, He tells us that we're to love one another because that's what Jesus commanded us to do. Do you remember that? He had his disciples together and he said, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. Now, John's disciples in his last years could barely carry him to church and he couldn't muster the voice to speak a lot of words. And during individual gatherings, he usually said nothing but little children love one another. And then he'd feebly sit back down. Now the disciples and brothers in attendance, some of them got annoyed because he always said the same words. And one of them finally said, teacher, why do you always say this? And he replied, with a line worthy of John and that you can see similar lines all through his epistles. He said this, because it is the Lord's commandment and if it alone is kept, it is sufficient. And he is so right. He is so right. John Wesley, I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but most of his theology and ministry came forth from Romans, the fifth chapter, the fifth verse. All of his successful ministry was based on this one verse, really. It says, for the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. I'm going to read the whole of Romans uh, 5, 1 through 5, 5, because uh You see, God's love being shed abroad in our hearts is an experience. It's not just uh, an understanding. And John Wesley experienced God's love in whatever he found peace with God. It was an experience. And we can uh, think our way. We can logically decide that God loves us, but that's different than experiencing his love in a real way. And John Wesley tried to get this across uh, over and over again. And uh, Romans 5, 1 through 5, 5, I want to read this to you. And remember, these are the words of Paul. And he's writing to those in Rome who are going through persecution And Paul himself, remember all the different trials and all the persecution that he went through. And keep that in mind as you hear these words. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith 
into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Peace with God, peace within, and peace with others all comes through the Holy Spirit, bringing it experientially into our lives. It's only when we have experienced it that we can go through the trials and the troubles uh, that Paul and them and that we go through and not have our hope be disappointed. You can read things and you can develop a hope in what's to come without having experienced that inexplicable love of God being shed abroad in your hearts. Because once you experience it, no matter what comes your way, you're not going to give up because you know he's with you and his love is there undergirding you and empowering you. His presence is with you. And this is one of the things that John Wesley just really tried to hammer home to everybody that it wasn't just something that we think ourselves into, that we reason ourselves into, that we get in discussion groups and uh, decide. It is an experience of the very presence of God whenever we yield our lives to Him. Now, God has commanded that we love Him. He's commanded that we love our neighbors he has commanded that we love our enemies. Now, loving and the kind of love that can be commanded is a matter of the will, isn't it? It's something you just decide you're going to do. If it couldn't, and if God uh, commanded it, he's going to help you to do it. But you've got to be willing. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Corey Ten Boom. She knew that God commanded her to love her enemies. And yet she found herself not able to love this prison guard that was coming forward wanting to reconcile with her. And so as she just wanted to obey, but was finding it hard to, she cried out to God. And that's whenever we get to the end of ourselves and stay in surrender that we find his power and his presence helping us to be who and what he created us to be and has called us to be. But why would he command us to do something that it should be our nature to do? That's an interesting question, I think. Um, he said that every, John says in the scripture reading that we read today that everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And then he goes on and uh, there's a place 
where he says that we ought to love one another, that we ought to love one another. And when he says that, it's like saying a fish ought to be in the water. Uh, You see, it's something that it should be a natural thing for us. And yet for some reason, something goes wrong and we find people that bear the name of Christ hurting each other verbally all the time, hurting each other emotionally all the time, uh, not being in obedient to God. Now, why is this? Well, let me tell you, uh, I've got to confess that uh, sometimes I get to the point to where I find myself having drifted away and I'm in good company. Uh, D.L. Moody uh, was once asked if he'd ever been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he told this lady that asked him, yes, many times. And she got all upset and said, well, why'd you have to be filled more than once? Like she thought it was just a one-time thing. And he said, because I leak. And you know what? We all leak. Whenever we first come to know the Lord, uh, just like John Wesley, we don't think we're ever going to sin again. And yet things start to come up and we can find ourselves distracted and pulled away and then ultimately find ourselves far from where God wants us to be. When you do that, you know what you need to do? Just stop where you are and say, Lord, I am so sorry. Help me to start being yours again. Because you can get so far and grieve the Holy Spirit. So he's a gentleman. He stays where he's welcome. And if you've made it clear that you're not going to pay any attention to him, that you're going to ignore him, he'll just leave you alone. But if you'll apologize, it says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, My, will we squander the gift is one way that it's been put. We've been given the gift of love. It's when you say the, when you're in the fruit of the spirit, it's love is the first thing on the list. The first attribute of the gift of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. uh, And it goes on self-control, you know, kindness, gentleness, all those things should be a part of our lives. And if they're not, we need to ask the Lord to help us with those things. We can't do them on our own. But once we get to where he's there helping us to do them, we can again just drift away. And so as I was preparing for this morning, it hit me that uh, I had been distracted I've been distracted by all this political mess that's going on and all the ugliness that we see in the papers every day. And both sides of people being ugly, ugly, ugly. People I know and love being ugly to each other. And it's really hard to continue to maintain your peace when you see all this ugliness around you and see people you love hurting each other and even attacking me sometime. It's hard. But you know what? We're called to be different from either any of the sides. I don't know how many different sides there are in all this garbage that's going on today. I think there's more than two. There's probably more than four. But the thing is, 
We're supposed to be in a different place than any of them are. We're supposed to be emissaries of Christ in the world. We're supposed to be his in the midst of all this stuff and offer another way. And I had to, I have, const- I have restrained myself from verbally getting involved in all this stuff. And on my Facebook page, I keep it clean. I keep it uh, uh, wholesome. And if anybody comes in and starts trying to raise some sort of a political ruckus of any sort, I just delete it. I just, and I'll block them. I don't have, I don't allow garbage on my website, on my, on my Facebook page. And I've got a pretty clean and peaceful Facebook page because of that. But uh, the thing is, even in doing that, I find myself looking on certain people that I don't agree with and not loving them. And I've had to say, Lord, I'm sorry. You tell us to love even our enemies, and I haven't been doing that. And so I had to turn over a new leaf this past week. Basically what I had to do was turn over a new leaf doesn't get it done. I had to confess, ask the Lord to forgive me and give me a heart that sees people the way that he wants me to see them. And I want to invite you, if you have found yourselves having leaked and having uh, drifted away, He wants to call you back this morning. He wants to fill you anew with his Holy Spirit and his love so that you can know that peace that passes all understanding and live in this world as the sort of people that Jesus said would be blessed. He said, blessed are the arguers. Blessed are the stick stirrers. No, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. If you want blessing in the midst of all this, he wants you to be a peacemaker. And that doesn't mean a referee. That doesn't mean you trying to straighten other people out. It means you being different than they are. It means you being his And let the words of your mouth be edifying and building up and pointing people in the right direction by you just going in the right direction. I have a dear, dear friend that I got to see for the first time in three years this past week. It's this past Tuesday. And uh, before I'd seen her then, it had probably been 40 years since I'd seen her. Been 20 years since I'd seen her. But we were a part of the same posse in high school. I don't know if y'all had just a group of friends that just ran around and did crazy things together. They told my kids after I left this gathering, some of them were saying that I would plan, I would, I would, I would get them to do things that were kind of on the edge of things they shouldn't do. Said I never went over the line. But I was an instigator in getting some stuff going. But, uh, but anyway, this, this lady, she's been a dear, dear friend for ages. And she told me Tuesday night, it has been seven years since I uttered a harsh word 
or had any sort of verbal disagreement with anyone because I just decided that life's too short for me to waste it on stuff like that. And she said, you know, I have had a peace since I have started that that I never knew I could have. And so, uh, and that was just from the mouth of, of an old high school chum that I just bumped into. Actually, I didn't bump into her. She was at my, my sister's uh, 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 reception Tuesday evening uh, after her marriage. But uh, anyway, but the thing is, she has decided she's going to live in peace. And uh thing is, that's what the Lord wants us all to do. He wants us to make a commitment to that. He wants us to make a deeper commitment than that, not to peace. The commitment has to be to him. And once we surrender to him in those areas that we think are even illogical and they're not going to bring any change, that's when the change will come in our hearts and we can have something to share with others, a peace to share with others that nobody else can know. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.